Hey listeners, before our podcast, I want to make a couple of quick plugs just because we have friends of the podcast and we like our friends. And so um, Alvin, who did our theme music, uh, just as a great, awesome, fun thing to do for us. And we really love Alvin. He has a project called The Skull School and he has a new song and video that just dropped. You can find it on YouTube if you put in The Skull School Enjoy Time. And so I would encourage you to go check that out. Uh, also, Adam's comic is coming out soon, so you should check that out. And uh, longtime listener and supporter uh, Matt Turner Toad, I think, has started a new podcast. I haven't got to listen to that yet, but it's a couple of Australian guys. And so, anyways, those are friends of the podcast. are doing some different things. We appreciate all the folks that support us. Uh, and so you guys can check out. Those are all new things that are happening pretty soon here. So check it out. Uh, thanks. Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place for all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got a usual crew today. We have Adam. We've got Rhiannon. We've got myself. I'm Caleb. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hi. So I was just telling you guys before we went live, like right now there's just like live um, a crane that's knocking into a high rise in Midtown West. So evidently the hand is having a big night. Over in Hell's Kitchen. It's a little bit too far north to be Hell's Kitchen, but we'll go with it. Adam, do you know, like, New York neighborhoods? Like, if she starts naming off neighborhoods, do you have any idea where they are? I mean, but Midtown West? Seinfeld Inn. No, I don't know what the hell Midtown West is. That's not on Seinfeld. My geography as good as Seinfeld allows it to be. It's Midtown West is Hell's Kitchen. Sweet. It's kind of over by like the uh, the bus terminal. Oh right? yeah, yeah, just right over by the bus terminal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The port the authority. Yeah, right next to the theater district. I know Manhattan very well. I, if you named any neighborhoods in Queens or Brooklyn, I'd be I'd be screwed. But I I know Manhattan pretty well. Yeah, yeah. My friends, I'm actually I'm searching for my next place to live, and my friends really want me to look in Brooklyn. And my problem is, I know, I know. I mean, I know of. A lot of neighborhoods in Brooklyn, but I know, like, two, and I can't afford those. My favorite neighborhood in Brooklyn is Dumbo, just because it's the most ridiculous acronym Right? Ever. Do you know what Dumbo stands for, Adam? Uh, the elephant, right? Dis- it's down under Manhattan Bridge, right? I heard it was the district under the Manhattan-Brooklyn overpasses. Oh, Because it's between okay. the Manhattan and the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, right. But it's basically, yeah, down below Manhattan, Manhattan Bridge, so. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well it's freezing here if you hear a popping noise in my broadcast it's because we have broken our annual attempt to wait till november 1st to turn on the heat <gasps> this at dinner tonight i just looked at my wife i was like no nope, we're not doing it this year we're not gonna make it i don't care it's close enough it is wet and cold and terrible yep. i have kept myself warm all day by wearing my baby yoda hat in every single meeting at work very nice there you go. A special for yeah, Mando. Our, our Patreons that can see the video. They can see my baby Yoda hat. There you go. Mando season two, episode one is going to come out by the time this pod releases. So I'm excited. All right, uh, Adam, let's start with uh, this. This podcast is the most Adam podcast ever because our main news story is we finally have a Moon Knight. Kind of, sort of. Not official. Kind of, sort of. Not officially is what people are going to say because they already have on Twitter. But All right. Well, Oscar that's... Isaacs, according to the trades, is in talks to be in Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction, Adam, when you first heard this? Awesome. I mean, they're going huge. They're not getting someone like uh, Oscar Isaacs to do six episodes and then and then be done. Um, they, they certainly have larger plans uh, with him. So it'll be super interesting to see where that goes. I have no idea where any of this is going to go. We have Blade and Mahershala Ali started talking about Blade. So maybe there's a tie in there or I don't know. We'll see at this current rate. We're we're not going to get any Marvel movies all of 2021 either. So, you know, Moon Knight probably won't even come out until five years from now. So we'll see. (laughs) I mean, he he's meets the age they were talking, right? He's early 40s, mid-40s. Yeah. Yeah, he's like 41 from 
what I remember. I, I think it was interesting because um, I remember when the Disney Plus shows first started being announced and they're like, oh, it looks like they're going to do a show with Vision and, and Scarlet Witch. And we're like, whoa, they're going to bring in somebody as big as as Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, you know, like they're going to convince movie stars to do these shows. And now Disney's like, Oh yeah. Oscar Isaac. Like, I don't know. He's a top 10 movie star in the, in the business right now. I would think like, it's shocking to me how streaming has just become totally acceptable place for movie stars to do stuff. I guess Oscar Isaac, he was in, uh, I don't know. That uh, we're in the military, but we're stealing stuff. Movie on that. So if if Oscar's listening, and we should temper his ego a little bit. I wouldn't say he's a top. It's not like they landed Brad Pitt or Leo DiCaprio or someone. You know, I mean, it's Oscar I Isaac. Oscar and he Isaac's have a, a bigger deal than. No Leo way. Than no way. Yes. He's not even bigger than Jonah Hill. Can you imagine if they landed Jonah Hill? Well, and I also have to say, like, a six-episode series on a Marvel series is most likely a movie deal, too. There's probably right. movies built into this, so it's probably a movie star gig. It's not like he's going to be in 24 episodes on the CW, you know? Right. Yeah, that's fair enough. Do you have thoughts on the casting, Rhiannon? You know, I was just sort of overwhelmed with how I have barely seen anything he's in even though you consistently put out lists of stuff that he's been in um so i'm pretty ambivalent about it i mean i'm sure i've seen the star wars movies he's in maybe kind of i don't know i don't remember them much yeah i enjoyed him a lot in star wars um you know i mean it's fun because he was in x-men apocalypse and that was terrible so it's kind of nice to see him getting a chance to redeem that so Maybe because of this casting, we should do another one of those watch a crappy X-Men movie episodes yeah. and we can watch X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Because to I'm me, busy that, week. that is that is the worst X-Men it's movie ever. Good. People give Dark Phoenix crap. I think Apocalypse is way worse. It makes almost as much sense as Rise of Skywalker. It's So it's probably the biggest name they could have gotten for Moon Knight outside of Keanu Reeves. And then that's the other part. You have people on Twitter that saying it's too big of a name and that they, they were hoping it could go to a smaller name. And it's just like, ah, man, just, let's just, yeah, let's, let's just, you know. I just have to say that once I started looking at actors and trying to be like, who could be Moon Knight? There were so many actors that I could just lust after that, uh. That, that could have been Moon Knight, and I think I was just sad that I couldn't keep making that list. White guy, nice haircut. <laughs> I, I'm just, in my head, I'm going, does she mean that literally or, like, metaphorically, <laughs> like, to really desire for them to be cast? I, I, no, I no, just, like, guys that. I crush on. Um, Not that, not that like, and, and it also was funny this week, like, I read Moon Knight, I, I don't know, like, five years ago? I remember so little about it. Like, I, I feel like I know about him, but I don't remember any of it, so I'm going to have to do Moon Knight rereads and, like, actually get into it. Yeah, I just kind of enjoyed fan casting this one. Do not start with Jeff Lemire if you hop in. I don't know, but see, and that's the other thing. I don't think Moon Knight's going to be a much easier TV sale to people, I think, than comics. Because the comics make little sense to just jump right into it. I guess if someone's jumping in, jump into, uh, who was it, Charlie Houston, the early 2000s or mid-2000s, I think. Right around this. Was that the Marvel Knights series? Uh, something like that, I can't remember. It's the, the one immediately following the Mark Spector stuff. Uh, Mark Spector, Moon Knight. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's that's uh, I don't. I uh, I tried. I picked up my Jeff Lemire trade paperback right after this, and I'm like, man, I hope most people don't pick this up as their initiation to Moon Knight because they're like, why the hell are we getting a TV show of this? Because it's super complicated and complex. And the Lemire run reminds me a lot of like Legion, right? Like, yes, it kind of has that feeling where like. They allow his mental illness to be 
a reason to just tell completely non-sequential storytelling or whatever. And for someone who likes when their superheroes have to take a bath on a lobster tank, I find it's overcomplicated a little bit, but... Right. This is why you hate Christopher Nolan movies, too. Oh, I love The Dark Knight. Dark Knight. What is it? Yeah, The Dark Knight's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's probably a top five favorite movie. I like Inception. I haven't seen Tenet. Probably won't ever see Tenet. Because you don't like storylines that are unnecessary. Yeah, but why? I mean, why? I don't want to go to a movie and, like, I hate theorizing after a movie. Like, just tell me the whole ass movie. You don't want your movies to make you think? No, not at all. That's why I like Dumb and Dumber 2 so much, probably. Not to the extent of Tenet. Like, I don't want to be a film bro, you know? And, and this time ver Well, technically, it's not time travel. It's time inversion or inversion. Like, what the hell's time inversion? It's time traveling. Like... Uh, if you see the movie, it makes more sense. Uh, probably not. Well, I, I can't argue this because... I do think his movies make you confused, make not you, but people confused to make me confused. And I actually really like it. Like I like walking out going now like tenant, man, I wanted a piece of paper and like, uh, you know, to like diagram all the scenes and like figure out what direction everything was going. But yeah. But if you walk out with a piece of paper and a pen and then you get all the popcorn butter on it and then you have to stop at the bathroom before you go. <laughs> And then you lose it, and you're like, someone splashes their toilet water on it, and you're like, oh man, there goes my whole tenant stuff. Shouldn't have done this. If only I was watching Venom 2, where I didn't have to think about it. I think that we you this conversation has very circumlocutiously gotten around. I don't know what the hell that means. To our what? main topic? <laughs> like, what the... No, circle, to... What'd you say? Circumlocutiously. Never heard that word in my life. roundabout... Uh, circumlocution, right? Sure. It's when you move around in a circle. Uh, Just say go around in a circle. What's circle? The thing, if Brandon was not here, I'd convince you that's definitely a word, and there's no That was a tenant word. I, I think that it does get us roundabout way to the reality of what's really interesting about Moon Knight is. Marvel has a lot of places they could go and a lot of places that feel like not Disney plus. And I really am not sure what this show is going to be. Like it could be a lot like a Legion. There could be a lot about the mental illness and about, um, disassociative identity stuff. There could be, um, there's a lot of just like, uh, weird, like Egyptian, like gods and deities and like visions there's a lot of like violence and mercenary stuff and cutting people's faces off mm-hmm. like there's so many things in moon Knight. that doesn't even mention the more like um the more controversial storylines we talked about offline like it's going to be interesting to see what disney does with it and if it feels to moon Knight fans or just generally marvel fans like disney kind of cheaped out and did it the kitty version because I'm kind of having a hard time right now imagining the version on Disney Plus that doesn't feel sort of neutered from the more hardcore elements of the comic books. There's not a single, like maybe the earliest campy stuff or any of the Moon Knight appearances um, where it's not a Moon Knight title where the other writers don't know how to write him and treat him like uh, the butt of a joke. Which is going to be the biggest problem ever because it's all about this this character with DID or, you know, severe mental illness. And then they always portray it as a joke. So that would probably be a substantial issue. It'll, it'll be fascinating to see what, what they do with it. Um, so, but it's, I mean, assume it's coming. It's, it's headed our direction somewhat soon. I, the Disney, ugh, it's hard. Cause you assume the Disney plus stuff is going to actually be produced and come out. But then it all depends on how connected it is to the film slate, you know? They evidently finished filming Shang-Chi this week. And everybody associated yep. with that seems very certain we're going to see it in nine months. Mm. The way, I think the way um, Simu is talking about it, it definitely feels like he thinks it's going to, he's just like, wait till July, yeah. fellas. It's going to be awesome. You're going to see in July how awesome we like, are. Give me nine months. Give us nine months. Probably when he gets his paycheck. When do actors get paid? Do they get like bi-weekly direct deposits? 
Or how do actors get paid? No, they get they get lump sums at certain stages. I actually have a friend that we could have on. It would be the most... She's great, but it would be a very boring podcast. She's actually a show business accountant. She runs payroll for television shows. So she could totally explain all of that to us if, she, if we really wanted to know. That sounds really boring. Yeah. Not more boring than the 10 minutes we just went through with circumnavigation <laughs> circulus or whatever <laughs> circuliciousness i think is the word yeah. <laughs> my body's so circulicious uh, <laughs> all right i'm gonna show you circumlocution is a word but anyway uh that was i mean we don't have a ton of other news uh you're right shang chi did rap uh spider-man 3 apparently is about to start filming uh, Doctor Strange is supposed to start filming pretty soon. I don't know if there's anything to talk about. I mean, it is weird. We've got three Marvel movies in the can now. Is that correct? Yeah, at least. Yep. At some point, they have to find a way to release them, right? Black Widow, Eternals, Shang-Chi. I don't think Black Widow gets delayed anymore. I think it's it's either theatrical or, or video on demand. When is it scheduled now? May. May 5th or something? May 7th? Yeah. Yeah, it's coming out in May. I think it's interesting. Do you guys remember us talking about, like, when they first moved Black Widow to November? We were like, oh, that's going to come out. Because even if we haven't taken care of the virus, like, people are just not going to tolerate being locked down anymore. Stop, Caleb! Well, all I would like to say is while the movie got pushed back... We were kind of right. I do feel like the country has just given up. I don't know. The country has just given up on being locked down, right? Like, our cases are higher than they've ever been, and everyone's like, ah, screw it, I'm going to Wendy's, you know? Like, it just... I do feel like people's patience for lockdowns has ended. You know, like, I've seen scenes from Italy where people are rioting in the streets because they're going to try to lock them down again. Yeah. Yeah, but people still aren't going to the movie theaters. That part we had wrong. But I think the people are going to get so fed up, they're just going to go out and do crap anyways. I think that is true. And my personal message to everybody is, yeah, you can go out and do things. But, like, take steps, wear a mask, social distance. Before the weather gets too cold, go have picnics or whatever. I'm going to go throw candy at children on Halloween. Okay. I'm going to keep a distance and just throw the candy at them. I might yell first. Heads up. Incoming. I wouldn't even give him warning. Just 50 <laughs> points <laughs> right between the eyes. I said might. Full-size candy bars, too. I was about to say, I might do full-size candy bars. Yes. <laughs> this has just become a, a reason to assault children in New York City. <laughs> With candy! Adam, I was scanning through here. Is there any other news that's happened? I mean, it's been like two or three weeks uh, since we Moon Knight Director. They have, they announced at least, yeah, there's, so there's a Moon Knight director, um, I don't even know his name, Muhammad Diab, Daib. Egyptian, is that correct? Um, he's Egyptian, and I've never seen anything he's ever done, but people love him because someone watched his stuff. (laughs) Excellent. We're so bad on this show about, like. Oscar Isaac comes up and Rhiannon's like, yeah, I haven't really seen anything he's in. We are the worst podcast about knowing what people have made. In our defense, people on Twitter say they've seen this guy's stuff. Um, With anyone that has a WandaVision profile picture, they've pretty much never seen it. I'll bet five bucks on it. On the flip side, I did know all about Tatiana Maslany. That's true. Did we talk about last time how she said she's not in She-Hulk? I think that has happened since our last podcast. Did you not read the 10 or the 100 lists where every MCU actor said that ever? Paul Rudd said it. Yeah. And I think Paul Rudd said it again. <laughs> it's and... everyone ever. Paul Rudd and <laughs> Paul Rudd and... Jason Momoa said it. He did. He's not MCU, but he, he said. Jason, <laughs> Jason Momoa, Momoa said, said he's not an MCU. I, yes, Jason clear, Momoa says I am not Shield. Every MCU actor <laughs> ever is Paul Rudd, <laughs> Paul Rudd, and Jason Momoa. <laughs> Jason Momoa de- <laughs> denied being the Hulk. 
Tonight's no, uh, Namor. Um, no, that's another thing. Matthew McConaughey asked uh, Marvel Studios to be the Hulk, and they said no. I would take McConaughey over Mark Ruffalo any day, but oh, poor Ruffalo. I, I don't know. I've come to like Ruffalo. I like Ruffalo. I have no idea how they decided to cast him, but like, he does the job. I mean, how charismatic do you want your Hulk to be? Speaking of movie, what was that one he was in with uh, Jim Carrey, Eternal Sunshine or whatever it is? That was a thinker, right? I watched that movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was a thinker. That was a thinker movie. Yeah. Yes. That was a good movie. Just not Tenet, you know. Does that qualify? Does that make me, um, um, like, film bourgeois or not? Not completely vanilla ice cream? Yes. I think all of us are far from film bourgeois. I would do okay if, like, we cut off the the date to, like, 1975. I think I know more than many people about old movies, but that just kind of makes me nerdy. You know what my actual taste in movie is? It's uh, Evan Peters' character from The Office. Where he's like, my name's Luke Cooper, and I'm like, I'm a fan of cinema. I like Citizen Kane and the Boondock Saints. Or like, that's me. That's totally me. I pretend to like. Movies. Is that Evan Peters? Like Quicksilver? Yeah, it's Evan Peters, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Evan Peters, Luke Cooper, whatever his name is in The Office. Yeah, from like the late seasons of The Office. Now you have me second guessing. No, myself. he just looks different to me. That's all. No, that's him. There's tons of. There's, like, tons of... Every MCU person in the office, there's Evan Peters and um, Jason Momoa. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't... No, there's... uh, Oh, um... Alan Horn's daughter's in there. There's James Spader. James Spader, yes. And then John Krasinski was almost Captain America. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be Reed Richards. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Alright, well, is that all the news though? <laughs> I'm Googling MCU people in the office. <laughs> other, other than Jason. I've told you my Steve Carell MCU uh, fan cast, right? No. Mole Man. Steve Carell like as that. Mole Man would be brilliant. You guys remember when they cast uh, Miles Teller as Reed Richards? Yeah. That's nuts. That's terrible. There's no list of um, the office actors that appeared in the MCU, so someone's well, going to have to get on that. Say, that's no a, somebody yeah. knows sounds what your like next feature is going to be. Uh, tomorrow's uh, work, right? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Unless people start dressing up in Halloween costumes. Oh, no. Oh, your job's got to be terrible tomorrow. Look at this yeah. fan cosplay of this character. All right, well, we attempted to talk about the news. We talked about Moon Knight. I don't think there's much else to talk about. So let's do our other thing we're going to do tonight. This episode, if I do it right, will come out by Halloween. And so for something spooky, we're going to uh, review Hellstrom. So I think we've all seen all of it. Um, you know, go see Hellstrom. We might spoil it. We won't try to, but we're not going to try to stop I'm, ourselves. I'm uh, only halfway through episode five. I don't believe. I thought that. we were only doing the first five. I don't believe that one bit. Okay. All right. On which one? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say on your third time through. I have seen it twice. Good. Just because the first time was in July, and that wasn't. Adam can finally oh, yeah, that's admit. Right. If you guys haven't picked up, Adam saw it like before San Diego Comic Con, yes. and so yeah, every time we've talked about it, he's like, "Um, so thinking like, how do I not break embargo but still talk about this?" Right. Well, and like every time he's like sending us the link, like this is how you can get screeners, and Caleb and I were and like, "No one's doing it." Yeah. So, Adam, this was a show you were super excited about. People online have loved mm-hmm. your enthusiasm. Uh, how did you mm-hmm. feel the final product was? Pretty good. I wouldn't say it blew my expectations. I wouldn't say I was disappointed. I did get very disappointed. Um, there's that lull, right? 
between the very end of episode five and the end of episode six where it just took a complete nosedive because you have episode five and Elizabeth Marvel just knocks it out of the freaking park with episode five and it's legitimately true on horror and like episode six looks like looks and feels like a soap opera and it plays like a soap opera and then at the end it takes another nosedive into this very disgusting fight part um so that was like the only time i i think i was legitimately disappointed and then my excitement went off the charts with um the the final episode with all the stuff they set up that uh hopefully we'll get to see sometime but i mean i rated it positive i was the <laughs> i was i'm one of the 30 percent that liked it more than disliked it on rotten tomatoes oh i didn't even look is that what it got like a 30 percent yeah, it's worse than Iron Fist Season 1. I think it's 30, 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I thought that was just like the press score. I thought the the viewer score was... The high. audience score, yes. The audience score is much higher. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I, I have a bone to pick with the press people too. Because if, if you take out... I saw two negative reviews that, di- did, that did not fault Hellstrom for being a Marvel television thing. Like every other one said, well, oh, this is the final thing for Marvel Television, so you don't even need to watch it, or it's a dead on arrival, or what have you, which I think is kind of an unfair metric, but what are you going to do? Rhiannon, what did you think of the show? I found it enjoyable. Like, my assessment right after watching it was it was an overall enjoyable experience. It had a little lag in the middle, something. You know, like Adam, probably that little point that Adam was talking about, um, where I found myself just not caring. But then it picked back up and I enjoyed it. I finished it pretty soon, like the weekend that it came out. I don't remember tons about it. I mean, because like my assessment at the time was I probably won't remember much in two weeks. But as other people watch it and they get excited and they talk about what they were excited about, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did like, you know, like it, it. I, overall, it is not a waste of your time to watch it. Um, it's an enjoyable experience. It, it, they, um, it was interesting. It had some twists. I could have used more twists. But then it would have been too deep for Adam. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we're just talking about our overall assessment. Um, I'll say it this way. Uh, I really hate Brussels sprouts. And so, like, even if I went to a three-star Michelin restaurant for Brussels sprouts, I'd kind of not like the dish. Maybe if they did it really well, but generally speaking, my distaste for Brussels sprouts would overcome how well they made the show. And it's kind of how I felt about Hellstrom. I just really don't like horror. I have a variety of personal reasons that are far too complex that no one cares about for why I don't love like demon possession shows and like shows about the devil. And so, you know, I really hated this, but that is not the fault of this show. It's just that I don't like stuff like this. So was something about this, about the devil. Well, it wasn't in the end. That's actually very interesting to me. Um, we can talk about that in a little bit. Cause remember when the logo first came out, I was like, Oh wow. They really like, like played down the like um like satanic imagery stuff from the comics and adam you kind of felt like it would get in the show eventually i I don't think it ever did like i really do think they tried to play down some of that uh i don't know i think they just wanted to not alienate certain audiences does that feel the way it was to you that they kind of made it more generically demony than like a comic called son of satan so they totally played it they held back at certain points um that i feel where they held back so they might have a shot of um getting the marvel logo on it i believe um because when i watched it the first time all every screener besides the pilot um had the marvel logo on it the title cards and and all that stuff it had the the marvel logo on it at one point and then I reached out to Hulu and said, hey, you know, so the pilot didn't have the logo on it, but these other ones did. You know, what's up with that? Is the Marvel logo going to be on it? You know, you have people 
asking and, and wondering, and then Hulu says, hey, don't ask us this, ask Disney this. And then Disney's like, oh, well, um, this kind of pushes the boundaries, and, and we didn't really feel super comfortable um, you know, producing a full-on horror movie, or at least, or at least, or at least, at least, immediate Disney brand to it. Um, and that's the other thing, you know. It's I think if they didn't have that that thought in the mind where they were worried about going too far with it, they could have um gone a few other places a little bit further, even though Caleb probably didn't want to see it. Because, I mean, there were several instances that made it in the final release anyways where we'll never, ever see in a Marvel Studios movie. Um, So, you know, you have to applaud them on that. But when it came to their father, I mean, like, I seriously forgot that their father was supposed to be Satan until somebody was talking about it this past week. Like, the whole time I was just like, okay, so their father's a really powerful demon. So, it's misleading. They're not actually the son of Satan. They're the son of Marduk, who is a demon. Okay. Um, All right. So, it was... Okay. Yeah. The comics are branded that way, though, right? They're The comics are branded five different ways. The comics are branded son of Satan. They're called... Hellstorm, they're Hellstrom with two L's, they're Hellstrom with one L, um, and that's all changed um, all the time. And that's the other thing. It's not like these characters were ever getting a Marvel Studios thing anyways. Um, so I, I saw several tweets where you have disappointment and it's not comic accurate, but they're in like uh, 20 comics. So I'm not sure there, there's too much to pull from the way it is, you know. Well, I was interested, Adam, as somebody who does know the comic lore better than Rihanna and I, certainly. Just really brought, I mean, obviously every comic character is going to be adapted some way to make it, you know, fit better into a TV show or a movie. Um, did you feel that Damon Hellstrom in this show is similar to the comic? Because I've only read him in like, when he shows up in like a Doctor Strange thing or whatever. And my impression of him is he's always been a bit more brash, arrogant, entitled. Whereas, like, the Damon in this show seemed to be, like, kind of have a heart of gold. Like, he's a little bit aloof in the first episode or two, but, like, he's like a mama's boy that just wants to get along with his sister and help people. Like, he just seemed to be a much nicer person than I expected him to be. See, I didn't even get that from the the show. I mean, I got the the mama's boy thing, but I still thought he came across kind of arrogant, especially when dealing with the the fake demon possession right, right. off the bat. I mean, they worked really hard to make him seem arrogant in the very beginning, and then very quickly he softened up. Right. Well, right when they introduced Anna, but that, you know that comes with the whole character dynamic, and I think they wanted opposites and well i didn't mind it i guess you know it wasn't it's marvel television so i didn't expect them to keep his shirt off 24 7 and have a glowing pentagram on his chest um i didn't expect that i was absolutely tickled with um two separate nods that we did get to the character that both made kind of sense um i'm not sure if we're at the spoiler part yet so i'll reserve those for that but i I didn't mind the characterization i guess yeah and like i said i don't know him well he always gives me a bit of a thor vibe when i see him in comics like Mm -hmm. he's just super powerful and he's kind of eternal and he kind of knows it and so he's kind of above humanity whereas this guy's like I don't know. I became an ethics professor so that I could help young people understand the way the world works. I just it just seemed a little different for me, but I don't I don't know the character well. I think as you know, part of you know modernizing the character as well because he had a max run whenever that was early two thousands, but that had, that was a complete departure from anything ever before. And then before that, it was like a, a late. Bronze Age eighties type um type stuff. So I mean I didn't mind it. Some people had a problem with it, but I didn't think it was I mean I'm not super super I don't want to say I'm super super dedicated to the character, but at the same time, I mean it's not like they've even 
scratched the, the the surface with him in the comics by any means. I think he he's literally has less than thirty self titled books, maybe. I could be mistaken, grossly mistaken, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's um, around that area. So it's not like Spider Man, you know, where you everyone knows who Spider Man is, right? And everyone knows who who Wolverine should be, and everyone knows who Superman should be. Um, so I want to talk some about the things that we liked that we felt like really worked. Uh, Rihanna, what did you, what did you enjoy about the show? I enjoyed the Damon and Anna relationship and the mystery surrounding, you know, their, their powers. Um, I we have to shout out to Elaine. Uh, I loved the Chris Yen character. He was fun and actually it went places. He wasn't just this random side character. I mean, there was a point that he disappeared and I was just kind of like, wow, I kind of expected far more of him. Um, but that all paid off. Um, all of the actors in this. I mean, I mean, just the whole, uh, the whole cast. Every single one of them, at some point, knocked it out of the park. Uh, and and I just really enjoyed the ensemble of it. There's no character. Like, every show, I, I hate when I watch a show and there's sometimes they go off with a B character and I'm like, I do not care at all about you. Um, in this show, I did care about all of the side characters. I may not remember all their names, but I cared. Yeah, I, I felt like I was really surprised at how good the family dynamic of it was. And I particularly loved that, like, the, the siblings had a family dynamic, which you kind of expect. But then, like, the way they both had sort of adoptive parents and, like, like there was a warmth to the good guys that uh, I didn't particularly expect and I kind of enjoyed. And I liked that I really felt like these people loved each other and cared about each other. And um, to a degree, I felt like even the, uh, the nun lady and um, the young hot nun, yeah, Gabriella, like that her and Damien's relationship like made sense and developed and progressed, I think in a somewhat understandable way. Like I felt all of that was very true. And I think it'd be very easy in a, a show with this kind of genre to just ignore the relationship stuff. And so like when we talked to Elaine a few weeks ago and he said, I just feel like they've really written the characters well in this for a horror show. I felt like that was very true. Like he wasn't just, he wasn't just saying that I felt that way as well about how that all went down. But we have to have him back. And I have to tell talk to him about how much he grossed me out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was just gross. Adam, tell him, tell him I want him to come back just so I can tell him he grossed He's me it. out. He wants to He wants to take over Marvel News Desk, so... That's cool. There he is. He's the he's the new host. He does all sorts of cool little projects too. Like he does all sorts of music videos and stuff. So awesome. Yeah. Anytime, just as long as he doesn't eat any spiders in front of me. Yeah, that was kind of gross. Yeah. Um. What, Spoilers. What you, spiders. <laughs> that's fine. What do you guys think about? And we talk about special effects and and fight scenes and all that kind of stuff. How did you feel some of the more technical elements of the show was? So we were never going to get these people going to hell, right? We were never, ever going to see these people go to the seventh circle of hell. Um, so I was surprised they used the powers more than once. Or I was surprised that they didn't take away powers somehow. Um, I enjoyed that going full spoilers. I absolutely loved when they finally gave Damon his trident. Um, and they kind of did it in a way that made sense. Um, but then again, you know, it's one of those very grounded moments and that the mythos behind the knife dagger thing kind of got real murky real quick. Um, but they gave him the dagger and then they gave him the chariot of sorts that's chilling in the background. Um, 
It was great. I, I really liked the uh, overall just production design. All of the like the props and the the auction house were cool. The asylum. I mean, it looked like an asylum, so that's something, right? I mean, it looks like what you would expect an asylum in a horror show to look like. And I think they did themselves some favors too. The fact that it's always dark, it's always raining, it's always gloomy. Besides being kind of a horror trope, it also really helps your special effects. You know, like, like I don't know, when guy like had crab stomach popping out or whatever. Like, if that's in a dark room and you can't really see it really well, people are not going to pick apart the special effects. Like putting it in shadow, I think, helps you expand your budget on a show like that as well. I mean, for me, I didn't come away thinking about any of the fights a whole bunch. I enjoyed the little fire circles that Damon could start. And I I kept wanting more of that. I kept wanting more, I don't know, more fire. Uh, there was something with that power that I felt like they kept teasing and I never really got. But yeah, the effects were cool. Along those lines, Rhiannon, can I nitpick for just one second? So in episode two, there's the dude that's like trapped in the semi-truck and there's a fire. And Damien can control the fire and push it back, right? And then in episode three, they're in a burning basement. And he's like, oh no, we're in a burning basement. What are we going to do? How are we going to get out of here? And I'm like, dude, you control fire. Just stop the fire. Did that? No, I thought I thought the fire with the semi truck that he started that fire and he yeah, could control he it because he fire. started it. Oh, so it's like a Smoky Bear mm-hmm. thing. Like only you can right. prevent forest fire, but once they're started, you can't do anything. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. It was his fire. As long as it's his personal fire, he can control it. But if it's somebody else's fire, gotcha. He did seem to be able to live through it more than a normal person. I'm interested. Did you guys feel like it was a pretty coherent, like, mythos? Like, their world of possession made sense and kind of how it worked? Or were there times that it felt a little wonky? If anything, it felt too simplistic. Like, here's a world and demons possess people and they... And um, the end. I think they sent the, the side characters on too many conquests caretaker just kept disappearing <laughs> for episodes at a time yeah. he would show up and he'd be like peace um i have theories on that i mean right away um at the beginning was a total ghostwriter easter egg when he um anna says like where have you been or something and he says he's been helping a friend in texas or east texas or or something like that that's totes a ghostwriter reference um it was the phil colson it's all connected that? Yep, it's it's all connected. Um and then like uh like with Chris Yen, his the partner stuff kind of I don't know, it seemed like that was like one of the last things added to the script or something. Because he would just randomly pop up and then they painted the room together and then that was that because Chris had the eyeball in his throat. Um So I thought that was weird. Like the um Police database moment. Chris is like, you open the police database, so my partner's going to know. And then right when he says that, the his partner bursts in um, and says, ah, the police database, what'd you do? And uh, that was probably like my biggest nitpick of the show. And then he shows up. I, I do like, um, I did like all the, they did cram a lot of comics accurate type stuff. And with it, like the blood, they brought in the Ghost Riders, the blood. They're pretty much turning Gabriella into Gabriel, the demon hunter. The end just kind of blew the, the lid off on everything with um, uh, Lilith tease. Um, so I did like that aspect of it to uh, all the nods to the comics I always um, enjoy. So I was a little, I found it a little confusing and not totally lined up the way the like keeper thing that yen had in him like how that was connected like the mother sent them to kill that thing but then also that thing that had the keeper in it also had her son in it simultaneously and then like 
Like it just, it, it, that beginning scene where like the, the guy gets chucked into the coffin thing and gets, you know, like, uh, gets infected. Like the, the connection between the keeper and the mother's son and like, which was which and how it was keeping it back and what she was hoping to do and what it released. Like I didn't, to me, it just all was a little inconsistent. Like I didn't totally understand. It seemed like she brought the keeper into the occasion by sending them down to that, you know, that crypt or whatever. I, I found all that stuff just didn't, I, I found myself after the episode going, wait a minute, how does that really work? Like what, what, what really happened there? You know? Yeah. And that, I think that's things that you hope to expand on in, in subsequent seasons. Cause I mean, by, I'm very surprised they turned Chris into the keeper. I would figure just for storytelling sake, they would make one of the Hellstroms the keeper because then it would make one of them responsible for sending their father back to hell or something because now they need Chris along with them. You know, it was, and that's the other thing that was kind of weird. You know, they... Um, it was really jarring because we were led to assume that it was Father Hellstrom that was down in the crypt, but it was just another one of Catharo's sons. So there was Basar. Basar was Colossus, I think, the guy who played Colossus. Um, Daniel Cudmore, or Cudmore, Cudmore. Um, and then there was the Mogoth one. Then obviously a few more. Um, I eventually picked... It, I think it clicked for me when we got Demon Baby, or we had we saw incest demon sex is when it clicked for me, because I'm like, wait, so Damon is possessed by Basar, yeah, <laughs> who used to be Kudmore, and then Gabriella is, was marked, and then she's possessed by Cathara, and but then they. Had demon incest sex, and then they had new Cathara. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I felt like all that stuff was kind of rushed, but again, that's a lot of stuff you can add on to um, Black Skyish, right? That you could add on to in a, in a second season. There were a few times. I think we've talked about how Jeff Loeb shows sometimes have these false endings. Like, I think Iron Fist was the one where it, like, totally wrapped up at the end of episode 9. And then they were like, or episode 12, they are like, oh, hey, we've got a 13th one. I did feel like there was three season finales kind of in this show. Like, you could have finished it at 6. Oh. You could have finished it at 8. You could have finished it at 10. Um, I don't know if that's a bad thing. It's just, in a way, it keeps it, like, spontaneous. Like, it keeps you guessing. You don't know what's going to happen. But it also leads to a little bit of a herky jerkiness to me about like the flow of a show. So it was at the end of the day, it was peak Marvel television programming. We had the supernatural human MacGuffin with the baby demon type mystery thing, and even though it was ten episodes instead of thirteen, it was still probably a few episodes too long. Yeah, I'm very surprised they went the demon baby route. I'm surprised they cut that guy in half. Oh, the ball moment, the box moment, where they crushed the guy into the ball. I thought that was pretty gross. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that. Especially because he wasn't even like a, well, he was a bad guy, but he wasn't a bad guy, you know? He was a bad dude, but he wasn't like super villain, you know? I mean, that was necessary more to show powers, you know, and just kind of be like, here's a thing that Anna can do. There were times I got a little bit of like Star Wars prequel vibes. Like there's a scene in episode two of Star Wars where uh, like Yoda is fighting Dooku and they're just like grabbing stuff off the wall and throwing yeah. it at each other. There was a lot of that in the show of like, oh, let me throw this air conditioning unit at you. Or, oh, let me right. take this broom and throw it across the room. <laughs> Adam, generally, are you pleased with the result here? I'm very pleased. Like I said, my excitement went off the charts at the end because we seemingly got... Um, see, here we are. I'm talking tenant for theorizing after watching something. 
Um, but I mean, there's there's all sorts of ways. It's, presumably, that's Father Hellstrom, and then he reveals the daughter's name is Lily, which is all but guaranteed to be Lilith, who's the mother of demons, and she just had kind of a very kick-ass role in the latest Ghost Rider, and she's super super cool Ghost Rider type character. Um, but that doesn't make sense because Katharo's also a character who like fought Doctor Strange and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, this would have been a pretty solid start for what they were going to build with a Ghost Rider and like with a glyph. Even could you imagine if they had a glyph show and someone comes out and you know gets pissed that it wasn't comic accurate? Can you imagine that? You know there'd be glyph stands um, the second the show was announced. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would have been a pretty solid start to to this whole thing. Plus, I've been, been getting into a lot more spooky stuff. I'm not sure if it's Halloween or, or what. But um, yeah, but, but then that's the opposite thing, you know. It's the, the fan response has been generally positive so maybe they have x amount of characters they can play with with the season two you know they already have um marduk and he was sons of anarchy he was in x files too i forgot the character or the actor's name mike or miles or mitch or something maybe it's not with an m at all nathan um, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it all in all. I I enjoyed it. It could have been bunches better. It could have had Mephisto, and it could have had Ghost Rider, and it could have had Johnny Blaze, and it could have had Moon Knight and Blade and Elsa Bloodstone, and it could have had Man Thing, and it could have had Moon Knight. Have I said Moon Knight? And it could have had like um, Fin Fang Foom, Jason Momoa, and. And Jason Momoa and, and Paul Rudd Easter egg, um, but it, it was I, I thought it was very all right. Um, I'm not gonna rewatch it a third time, probably not, unless there's a season two in in preparation for that. But I mean, I enjoy. I thought like it was also weird because this was very ensemble-ish, even more so than Agents of Shield. It felt because it felt like they were trying to make everyone a lead character. Like with Louise Hastings, played by June Carroll, um, born in Iowa City, Iowa. Uh, Do you know she's Joy Reid's sister? She's Joy Reid's sister. Joy Reid. She's like a popular news anchor. She has like 1.2 million followers on Twitter. Oh, okay. The Joy Reid. And that was probably the biggest press thing they ever had because they had the Hellstrom cast on Joy Reid's show. MSNBC? Okay. Maybe? Yeah. I'm interested because... I don't know. It doesn't feel, you know, as we try to like prognosticate if there'll be more of this, I just don't, I don't know. I I don't feel that I've seen that much like buzz around it online, you know, like I don't feel like many people are talking about on Twitter. It seems like it, it has gone kind of unnoticed. I don't know if that'll make a difference. You know, it may be that they'll do it every year if it does enough of a Halloween, like, you know, like October thing, they'll do a couple seasons of it just for Hulu's Halloween stuff. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I just don't know how much how much interest there is. It's hard to to judge to me. They had an uphill battle, man. You have you have the press corps who is decidedly against even covering it because Marvel Television has. Uh cease to exist so no one even wants to cover it yeah but you guys are equal opportunists on clicks like if you thought that writing articles about it would get lots of eyeballs you'd still write articles about it right yeah i mean we did right largely because i wanted to you know but um yeah i mean they spent a lot i think they spent a lot of money on marketing that's probably the most marketing they've done for for a show, say, for some massive San Diego Comic-Con activation or black and white cookies or something. <laughs> well, we buried the lead, too. Right now, the ads that Hulu has put on Twitter start with a giant quotation of your review to try to sell the show. 
That's how little the press has covered it. I made my first ever poll quote. I still haven't seen that ad. I don't know what the hell. I want to... I want to see that ad and screen capture it or something, but I, I haven't seen well, it. Well, I've got that screen cap I took if you want it. Um, okay, I let me ask one other question. I'm really not trying to be negative, but I'm curious. Adam called this the spookiest or scariest Marvel show yet, Rhiannon. Would you say that's correct? Okay, so let's look at its competition. As far as a whole season... I mean, the scariest Marvel show yet? Just like, what's the scariest you've been watching something Marvel? So, like, I've been joking this Halloween season that the scariest thing is just, like... The election. It's like, what scares you? <laughs> no, no. Uh, there's an episode of a non-Marvel show where they have to stay up for five days straight to save the world. And I, I'm seriously, tr- I, I seriously, like, woke up one morning and was like, oh, God, I was allowed to sleep. Yeah. Um nothing about hellstrom there was like maybe one jump scare that that got me but nothing about it made me like i mean i watch stuff that makes me want to shut the curtains and look over my shoulder nothing about it gave me that feeling but nothing else in the marvel universe has done that either I'm trying to think if if anything did. So I was asking because for me, Legion is the scariest. Some of the Shadow King stuff creeped me out way more. Like that little like kid doll that kept popping oh, up God, and his yeah. like memories from being a yeah. child. And like the like creepy fat man version. Even some of the stuff they did with Aubrey Plaza. Legion is a little spookier to me. Um than this was but that's just i don't know something about that show that got under my skin sometimes yeah i would say creepy vampire doll more likely to wake up in the middle of the night and be worried it's in the in the corner of my room i, I there was nothing about the show that you would worry about being in your bedroom in the middle of the night unless you were unless there was another human there and you were worried about them being possessed you know Oh, thanks. As a married guy, it's very helpful that you brought up that well, idea. Well, check her for marks. No, she's she's good. She's good. She's a saint. Yeah. I mean, but it's not like you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and be worried that, like, that blob that you see in the corner is the keeper. All right. Let's do a quick mailbag. Um, so a couple things came in on Twitter. Um, so this question came on. I answered on Twitter, but I'll ask it to you guys. Uh, it came from at Madman McClinton, and he was he said, "Hey, Marvel News Desk, I'm wondering if any of you listen to superhero genre based podcasts yourself, and if so, which ones do you listen to? Do you guys listen to superhero podcasts at all? Not your podcast, Matthew. What was it, Mad McClintock? Oh, does he have one, Mad McClinton? No, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, uh, we're... I don't listen to podcasts. Um, I listen to music. Yeah, when we started doing this podcast, I listened to podcasts while commuting, like on my way to and from work or on road trips. And now I don't own a car. And I had just gotten back into like listening to them on the train on the way to work. And now I telework. So I haven't listened to podcasts in a very long time. I can't listen to podcasts. Yeah, it's like... People watch stuff while working, like my coworkers like watch screeners while working or listen to podcasts while working, and it's just like like a podcast is like taking in a movie for me. I don't know why I can't listen to a podcast and do something else. I can barely listen to music while working. I uh, really? it, it's like a very specific. It has to be. There's very certain genres of music I can listen to while working, and if it has lyrics or anything. Because, like, if, if it's engaging enough that I want to start singing along or dancing with it, like, I can't do it. But if, if it's too energetic and I play energetic music all day at the end of my workday, I'm just exhausted. I don't know. I just can only listen to certain things. Yeah, I listen to Weekly Planet every week just because I think they're hilarious. And they're very good at what they do. I wish I was as good at this as they are at this. But I'm just not that funny. I do enjoy, I mean, like, I listened to Cinnamon Joes because I was on their podcast, and I, I really enjoyed those guys. So if people are looking for other podcasts, but they're all-around movie discussion, you know, like, if you're wanting the opposite of us, 
Um, I like those guys. Yeah, and we had we had a good Twitter conversation with one of the Cinema Joe guys we this did. week as well. So. We did. Oh, I was on that. You guys talking about Cinema Joes? Yeah. I was on one of their podcasts, the Hellstrom podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, were oh, oh, you? Yeah. I knew they yeah. reached out to you. Uh, yeah. Go listen to that. Uh, 084 sent us his Hellstrom review on Twitter. Uh, my review of Hellstrom, better than Inhumans. Ooh. So. That's accurate. It, that's true. I mean. No lies detected. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, a couple people tweeted us on news stuff. Thanks for helping us know what the news is. Yeah, because we obviously are sometimes kind of bad at curating it. Well, particularly if we go a couple weeks, we forget what happened since the last time. Let me see if there's anything over on the website. I mean, I I do know in the past couple of weeks there was this huge Disney reorg as far as who's going to be running what at Disney when it comes to Hulu and Disney Plus and all of that. I haven't had a chance to look into it. I think basically they, they're just putting more and more stuff. The streaming people are more and more control of things every day. Like, I I think it's possible, Adam, you're talking about black widow could come out to, you know, somehow on demand in, in May. I think that may just be that like Disney as a company is going to metamorphize into more of a streaming company by May. You know, like, I think that process is happening quickly. Every Everything is, man. The stars are aligning. Black Widow is going to be, um... The, Black Widow's probably going to be a digital release, man. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. And everyone says, but look at Mulan, and it's just... It's apples and oranges, man. Black Widow's going to make killer money. Uh, it's probably going to kill movie theaters, so maybe they wait until all the movie theaters go under by the end of the year because um people obviously can't agree on funding and stimulus and all that kind of good stuff so uh maybe they're just waiting for movie theaters to go under and either snatch some up in like a bankruptcy auction or they're just gonna flat out um release it digitally uh, over on the website, uh, Dave was talking about Spider-Man and Sony and the crossover and Daredevil. And he's still thinking that there's no way Charlie Cox would come in. We talked, remember last time of like, if they could bring in Andrew Garfield, of course they can bring in um, Charlie Cox. And his feeling was just, they're never going to help advertise something for Netflix. You know, like they're too deep into competition with Netflix to want to do that. I don't, I don't buy, I don't think that's going to help or hurt. I think Anyone. there's a bunch of never say never uh, happening right now. That's the, so that's the thing. Let's, let's, can we pick that bone for a little bit? There is an inherent bias against anything Marvel television. You have these people that are all right and said they saw it coming a mile away for Jamie Foxx's Electro from the Amazing Spider Man 2, probably the worst superhero movie ever made. That's, can, that's can, like, what was Shaq? Like, Steel. Or whatever he was in, like 1990. Uh, yeah, it's just bonkers, and these stands are out of control. And y'all know who you are—the the scooper follower stand Discord people. It's nuts. Charlie Cox is coming back. It's a matter of when, not if. He's totally coming back because Disney bought Fox, and Disney got Tom Holland back, even though they probably weren't supposed to. And yeah, Charlie Cox is coming back. So just, but that's the thing. They're going to they're going to announce that, and then everyone's gonna hop on board because it's a Marvel Studios thing. You know, they could announce Iron Fist is coming back in a movie, and everyone's gonna be like, "Yeah, go Iron Fist." We stand Danny Rand. Hashtag stand Danny Rand. Check out my profile picture. Check out my cool fonts in my bio. We stand Iron Fist just because it's Marvel Studios. I'm half expecting Ben Affleck to come back at this point. You know, as Daredevil, like seems like that seems like they're into Probably. that biz. Uh, Love Waffle uh, was predicting that he thinks they move uh, Spider Man back to two, May 2022 so that they can cash in on the 20th anniversary of the first Spider Man movie. It's probably do. No one wants to see his December Spidey either, right? I'd like to see a Christmas Spider Man movie, but I don't think that's this we also haven't heard about that october 7th date either 
because Sony pushed Spider-Verse 2 back to that date, and Marvel Studios has kept that despite some restructuring. So Would it be crazy? Can you imagine if the third Tom Holland Spider-Man movie was like a direct crossover to Spider-Verse 2? Since they're both like doing Spider-Verse stuff, like it'd be kind of fun if they like played into each other. That would be. That would be hilarious. All right, cool. That would be awesome. Uh, I think that's that's all the mail. You guys got anything else this week? Sweet. All right. We kind of skipped over a little Blade stuff, but it's pretty much non-news. Oh, that they, they want a writer for Blade? Yep. Generally, you do. And it's going to be dark and gritty. Generally, so let's you, do it. you do need a writer for a movie. I thought it was so funny. I was about to say, shocking. They're going to have a writer. The the fact that people made this news, like Marvel is looking for a writer for this movie they said they're going to make. Well, yes, I would think so. They're not going to just show up and like ad lib the thing. They're going to stay very, I have a feeling they're going to stay away from Wesley Snipes stuff. They might like go OG Blade or like retro blade and like make it a prequel or something. And I don't know, say vampires went away somehow. But I have a feeling they're going to, because uh, I mean, even if you look into the comics, Wesley Snipes pretty much even formed how Blade is now, twenty years later. I don't know, man. You know, I still I can't believe we're actually getting a Blade movie. We'll see. Well, that does it for the show, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for everybody that supports it. Thanks for our Patreons. Thanks for Tim for the logo. Thanks to Alvin for the theme music. Uh, we love you guys listening, and we'll be back. Uh, I don't know. We'll be back at some point. Hopefully there'll be some big news that'll be encouraging for us to come back and podcast soon. So see you guys later.